Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Prep Rally Podcast, a brand new show. I am Dominique Gates with the Courier Journal. Joining me is the man himself, Mr. Jason Frakes. We are very, very excited about this because we have obviously been doing a lot with high school sports. Frakes has been doing it for, I think, was it 42 years, Jason? You've been covering sports here? Almost. It feels like 42. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, so there's obviously a lot of people that are interested and engaged in high school sports in this area. So we figured we would have a podcast and we've been pushing in it and promoting it and making it clear that this is the place to be for that high school coverage. So... We're going to talk about everything throughout this podcast. We'll cover the Louisville area. We'll touch on things that's going on around the state. We'll have some opinions some people might agree with, they might disagree with. We'll have analysis. We will have it all. Who disagrees with us? Yeah, everybody. So I think what I love the most, Jason, is like when you'll have like different uh, rankings and all this and just your Twitter mentions. Do you just like you have to fasten your seat? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You gotta you gotta hit ignore after a while, or it just you go down the rabbit hole and it's it's over with. Yes, but I love it because no one's <laughs> tweeting at me. So that that's gonna be the biggest thing though for this podcast each and every week. We're just gonna have a lot of good things to talk about, and we hope that you all will follow along with us. So let's get it started, Jason. There's no reason to do introductions. We've been around. Yeah. We're, we're not new kids in, on the on the block, if you will. Let's so go. let's go. All right, let's get started. So Friday, it's finally football. The season is finally here, and I, I don't know why. It just feels so much longer. Like the off season felt so long this year. I don't know if it's because of COVID or again, it's just like so much as a toss up. But we're finally going to be able to talk football. So. Before we look at some games, you know, what are some things that you're interested in seeing and anything come to mind just right off the bat before Friday? I think there's two or three things. First of all, obviously, you know, I I think back in April, May, we were thinking maybe this year we weren't going to have to worry about COVID. You know, we weren't worried about cancellations. Uh, I think we were all maybe a little naive about that, thinking it was going to be back to normal this year. And um, obviously, obviously, it's not going to be back to normal. I mean, we've already had one uh, cancellation this Friday. Uh, Bullet Central was supposed to go down to Warren Central, and Warren Central has a positive case, so Bullet Central is looking for a game. So, and I think there's a couple other others around the state that have already been canceled. So, it's not going to be back to normal. It's gonna, you know, hopefully it doesn't reach the the level it reached, you know, last year when. You know, a bunch of teams dropped out of the playoffs yeah. and, and things like that. So, but it, it's obviously something that's going to still be on our radar on a weekly basis. And uh, uh, unfortunately, I think coaches are going to have to deal with this uh, for a second straight year. Yeah, uh, it's so it's hard to believe because, like, I know with the vaccine. Because, like, admittedly, I thought with the vaccine out and all that, I'm like, oh, you know, finally it's going to you know be somewhat normal, but uh, not not quite. But at least, you know, it seems like we are at least on a – I think last year was so much uncertainty. Yeah. It's like, will we yeah. even have a season? And at least, you know, we've already had some soccer. We'll have volleyball Monday night, Tuesday night, and so on and so forth. And, again, there will be some games played. So at least we don't have that to think about so much. But at least we will uh, have some type of football uh, throughout the season. And, uh, I mean, that's going to be yeah, a big storyline pretty much the whole season. But – uh, are there teams that you're looking forward to seeing this year or coaches or anything in general? Uh, you know, people probably – I always hear that, you know, people are tar- tired of hearing about Trinity. But <laughs> when, when Trinity loses a coach that won 15 state championships in 21 years, it's hard not to, 
to see that as a as a big story going into the season. Yeah. Um, you know, Bob Beatty retired back in January. Uh, Jay Cobb comes in, gets that job. He's been the defensive coordinator there, I think, the last seven years, and probably had the best defense in the history of Kentucky last year with that team at Trinity. So, yeah. um, you know, when when the when the best program in the state has a new coach for the first time in 21 years, that's that's a pretty big story. And you know, they they won two Class Six A championships in a row, and they, now they're coming into the season with only really only. Technically, only one returning starter. You could throw Armand Tucker in there. He's he's a name people know, but mm-hmm. he didn't start in the state championship game last year, so that's why I don't really consider him a a returning starter. But um, you know, there's going to be a ton of new faces there. Um, uh, they actually lost the guy that was probably going to be their starting quarterback. Uh, and Drew Allen was a junior. He was sort of the leader for that job. Mm-hmm. Suffered a shoulder injury, so he's out for the year. So now it's Brady Willis who most people know as a baseball player and not a football player. He was a left fielder mm-hmm. on the uh, state championship team uh, for Trinity this year. So just a lot of uncertainty over there, a lot of new faces. Um, it's, hard to ima- it's hard to imagine Trinity not being good and not being competitive, but it's also hard to imagine them being on the level that they've been the last the last few years. So you don't think they'll win 15 state titles in 20 years? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, who knows going forward? Yeah. Quite possibly. I, I know. I do know that they have a lot of young talent over there, and you know they could start up to seven or eight sophomores on that defense. But it, it's given what else is in six A this year, it's hard to imagine them winning a state title this year. Absolutely. As far as you know, I don't want to spend the whole podcast on talking Jacob, but again, you mentioned it's like one of the big stories uh, to watch. You know. Were you surprised when he was named the head coach? Because, you know, you think of Trinity, yeah. you think of one of the nation's best programs, nationwide search, or maybe a former college assistant coach jumps in, or, you know, that up-and-coming young coach. Were you surprised they went that route? I was surprised how quickly it happened. Yeah, yeah. Um, I wasn't surprised that he ultimately got the job because <laughs> we've actually talked a bit about this. Uh, we're both Western Kentucky fans, and we talked about, you know, hiring new coaches when you're on a high – and just kind of sustaining that run versus bringing in someone totally new who is going to revamp things. So I think in that sense, Jay Cobb is sort of a, a bridge to whoever. But, you know, he knows the system, obviously. He knows the players. And when you've had success, sometimes I think you make a mistake when you bring in someone totally new. On the flip side of that, you know, that's a, that's a job where they would have gotten, you know, applications from around the nation who knows who would have been interested in that job but um and, you know it, it only took a week so yeah. um i'm not sure how much they they opened things up so to me and to quite a few trinity alumni to be quite honest i think that was sort of surprising yeah i can see that but again like trinity just kind of like that car wash like you just someone roll it's going to keep rolling yeah, so yeah. they're going to be good i mean you could be the offensive coordinator <laughs> i could run the defense yeah we'd still win at least seven or eight games and, maybe and, and you know jacob has you know sort of shaken up the way they're doing things over yeah. there he's he's basically they have two offensive coordinators and two defensive coordinators mm-hmm. one in charge of the running game and one in charge of the passing game so you know he you know we'll see how big of a difference that that makes but um he at least is sort of, you know, it's not just the way Bob Beatty did it. He's, he's shaking things up a little over there, and, uh, you know, it'll be interesting to see uh, 
see how they look Friday night. Yeah, absolutely. And I'll even say from a media perspective, it's been a good start so far in terms of dealing with him uh, this summer. So that's definitely going to be something that I've enjoyed. So, And I guess for Trinity, it starts, you mentioned they were going to play Carmel. And traditionally, Carmel's usually been (laughs) really, really good. So that what a way to start off a a new era. Yeah, they were 9-3 last year. Carmel was made to the regional final. Uh, in 6A in Indiana, which is essentially the final A to that class. Mm-hmm. And uh, I haven't really looked to see, you know, how many starters they have back. I do know their their quarterback is a senior named Zach Osborne who is committed to Colgate. Um, so, you know, they they always have some talent. I think when Trinity played them two years ago, Trinity demolished them. But uh, I, 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 I – <laughs> I think that would be surprising to see another route uh, along those lines uh, this Friday. Yeah, but and we will definitely have coverage from that. So it's I'll just, be there. Yep. Yeah, it's going to be interesting, and I plan to at least catch the second half of that game. I'll be running around with a video camera. So <laughs> I'm just interested in, yeah, what this new-look Trinity team will be like because there are obviously a lot of question marks, and you will get maybe a few answers after Friday. Another team that I do want to look at, Kentucky Country Day, because you know they made it to that state championship. We went out there this summer. We talked with Matt Jones. We talked with players, so there's still a lot of excitement there. Uh, The one thing that surprised me that we alluded to was the numbers and how it's really low right now, and I I just couldn't wrap my head around like a team that played in the state championship that's had success over the last few years, can't even have, you could say, good roster turnout, and but still, from what's on the roster, seems like there's still going to be some talent. Not sure if they'll be back in the state final, but I guess the one thing that we both could agree on, there's still going to be some familiar faces and some good players out there. Yeah, they're going to be good. And you know, I think we were both sort of surprised when we heard they only have two freshmen uh, on the roster this year. And I think maybe the thing people forget is KCD is a K-12 through school. So, um, you know, Matt Jones has a good idea of looking at his 8th grade teams and his 7th grade teams of who all he's going to uh, have coming in. So he wasn't really surprised that he only had. But, uh, yeah, like you said, you'd think with the success they had last year, you know, the the fifth-string defensive end at Trinity might be thinking, hey, I can go play for a a really good school at KCD. But – you know, as we've also mentioned, KCD is sort of a different animal when it comes to tuition and academics and things like that. And they really, um, it really takes a different sort of uh, kid, if you will, to uh, to go there when you're looking at, you know, $20,000 a year and uh, very strict, well, not strict, but very tough academic standards at that school. So, um, you know, Matt Jones has done a great job over there. Yeah. They're going to be good again. Yeah. I don't know if they can be as good as they were last year, given what they lost. They have two really good running backs in Nate Caldwell and uh, E.J. Dickerson. LaGrosso, you know, he's entering his fourth year as the starting quarterback. So they have some talent. You know, they've got a tough game Friday night. Um, Everything I'm hearing, Eastern has really improved this year. Uh, They have a new coach in Sean Yawn, who was an assistant coach over at Central. And I talked to him the other day, and he's really emphasizing – you know he's bringing that central attitude over mm-hmm. to Eastern. They they don't expect to you know you you got to have the kids, but yeah. he's really bringing that sort of attitude of we expect to win. So uh, you know you got a six A school against a class A school, so that's never an easy matchup yeah. for the class A school. So that, that's a game I'm, I'm I, most most years probably wouldn't be interested in that game, but 
that's a game I'll be kind of following Friday night. Yeah, that's a really good point. That's like a team that I want to see in Eastern because I went out there this summer, talked to Sean Young. Yeah. And, yeah, it's just they have just rejuvenated that program. Yeah. They brought some life into it. I saw them in the weight room and just going through conditioning and all that. So, you know, not sure what the finished product will be on the field, but at least in terms of, like, the – whole thing of like, oh, they don't play a full four-quarter game or they get their heads down when things go wrong. You know, you won't see that uh, this year. So, yeah, you really you see a lot of that just like aggressive and a swagger, yeah. too, from that team. So, yeah, I'm curious for that. But we're going to take a quick breather, and while we do, but let's listen to a little bit of Matt Jones, what he had to say this summer about the team and some young talent that they'll be working with. You say you're too busy to worry, but when you look at what you lost, I guess, it, is it fair to say that that offensive line is – is the is the area I don't even want to say concern, but the one where you feel like is the, the biggest question mark. Sure, we lost 13 outstanding seniors, and when you're at a 1A school and you lose 13 seniors, there's just no replacing them. Um, we've got some great talent, but we're young. We're young up front. We're especially young on defense. Um, you know, a, a guy told me once, every sophomore you start is not a good thing, and uh, we've got a lot starting now. They're talented, but will they grow up? You know, how will they be on Friday night? What will they find out? Um, and what will we find out? And I think we, we're going to have to be on a, on a journey to improve from August 20th till we start district. Is it easier maybe that you're able to pick up things quicker because, like, you didn't have to deal with a COVID year and going through, like, those restrictions, like they're able to kind of be able to take that step? Y'all see if that makes sense? Yeah, you know, I mean, I think our system's in place, both sides of the ball. Um, I hope our kids um, know what we want to do and how we want to do it. Um, and the expectation of how we work. We haven't changed the thing. Our summer calendar, the way we condition, the way we train, the way we prepare. So. Wait, will you do anything different schematically over? I mean, I know your personnel affects that a little way. Sure. But I mean, would it still be the same basic stuff we yeah. saw from KCD last year? It'll be the same basic changes. stuff. You know, we're a single wing football team, and that's what we want to be. Um, but we also feel like if we can spread the ball out and get it to some playmakers. Um, and then for us, it's always who's playing offense, who's playing defense. How do we rest? How can we get a guy off the field here, a guy off the field there? Um, and we got, you know, be honest, we have some good sophomores. We have seven or eight that are that are wide receiver type guys. So we can't have them stand on the sideline. Uh, they have to play. So our job as coaches is to put them in the best position we can. Let's just kind of run through some of these games because, like I said, there's going to be some really good games on Friday. And uh, one thing that's going to be nice, too, because last year with COVID, like the games that just didn't happen. Yeah. One of the teams that come to mind, like Central and Manual. Yeah. You know, Central, as you know, for years, and one thing Marvin Dantzler has done, kept that rolling from what Ty Scrogg is. Like, we're playing 5A, 6A teams, yeah. and we're going to use that to get us ready for the playoffs. They didn't get to do that last year. And he mentioned that game with Franklin County in the playoffs where they just blew them out, and they just weren't as physical, and they just weren't as battle-tested a whole lot, even though they did win at Franklin County earlier in the season, I, they just weren't ready for that. And so you're going to see the South Warrens of the world. And, and again, week one against Manuel. So that's a game that I'm actually going to start at and cover because you got Malachi Williams and Jawan Northington. Yeah. What else you need to say? Yeah. That right there is the draw. Yeah, you, probably two of the best, if not the two best running backs in the city. Um, obviously, Armand Tucker will be in that discussion as yeah. well from Trinity. But, yeah, uh, two great running backs. And like you said, you know these schools, this has sort of become a traditional week one game. Uh, they met nine straight years, I think, from 2011 to 2019. Um, I think Manuel got out of those nine. Manuel won six of the nine. And, 
the last two or three years were really defensive struggles. I think the, I think in 2019, Manuel won like seven to nothing. So yeah, um, you know some some defensive battles there. So um, always great to take in a game at Manuel Stadium. Uh, I'm kind of jealous of you getting to go over there uh, Friday <laughs> night. I'll be over at Trinity, which will be fun as well. Yeah. But uh, yeah, you know, and then you just kind of you, you step back and you look at it from this perspective. You got Manuel's ranked number four in Class Six A, and Central's ranked number four in Class Four A. So you don't get a whole lot of matchups like that in a year when you're looking at two top five teams in their classes. So, um, you know, I, I think typically it's a low-scoring game. Yeah. Probably probably will be again this Friday. Yeah, exactly. Two good defenses. Yeah, the one thing I like, too, is run-heavy teams, so it won't yeah. be a long game <laughs> by no means. So, like, if I was saying the full game, I would yeah. be complaining by no be means. Be out of there in 45 minutes. Yeah, absolutely. Time, probably. I'll take that each and every day. <laughs> so, uh, a few other games that come to mind, South Oldham, Christian Academy. I'm not really sure what to expect from either of these teams. I know South Odom, you know, they kind of lost the the district title, like, grasp that they had when North Bullet won last year. They're bringing back a lot of key players, and they should be really good defensively again. Christian Academy, they had quite the turnover. So I know they have guys like uh, Easton Messer and yeah. uh, quarterback and so on and so forth. So this game is also usually a really close one. Yeah. I imagine it will be again. I- I'm not really sure. What do you make of this one? Yeah, they met in the season opener. They didn't play last year, but the three previous years they met the first game, and Cal won all three of them. They were generally close games. I think one of them went to overtime one year. And yeah. Uh, But, yeah, South Oldham's a team. I don't really know what to expect. Uh, they were picked to win that district this year over North Bullet, so uh, they had won it a, a million times in a row, yeah. and then North Bullet uh, finally got the best of them last year. So, uh, you know, Jamie Reed always does a good job over mm-hmm. there. And then, you know, you mentioned Cal and the turnover. that. There seems to be a, a buzz about this Cal team that, that I just kind of seem to have heard on the periphery, and I'm not really sure why. I'm not questioning it. Yeah. I, you know, they're they're always good, but it seems like a lot of people have a lot of um, high expectations for this Cal team. They got a new quarterback who's a sophomore. Uh, you mentioned Easton Messer, who's one of the fastest wide receivers in the state. Um, so they have a weapon there, but. You know they've got a lot of kids who don't have a lot of varsity experience over there, so um, it'll be interesting to see how how quickly they can put it all together. Yeah, and I, I'll say I know the folks at Cal last year they got a little mad at me because when I was doing the preseason previews and I didn't give as much love to Cal in terms of like winning districts and going up against the sales. So I guess I probably should keep my mouth shut. But if Cal's going to be good, I'm going to just have, for now have to say I'll believe it when I see it. You, you could. After 15 years of doing this, I can tell you this. You can never predict the cow to sell things. I, no. You think one team has the advantage and it turns out the other one does. That, that that may be the hardest rivalry in this city to handicap. It really is. So I look forward to that. But, again, South Oldham, Cal, that will be an interesting week one game as well. And St. X is another team that I'm not 100% sure what to expect, especially just yet because, you know, you're going to have a great test. I mean, a great test going to yeah. Orangeboro. And everybody knows about the talent there and – and Kevin Wallace, you know, he's been, you know, several years now at this leading St. X. And, and like I said, they lost a lot. And he, I think that they'll have one of those type of teams that they'll beat who they're supposed to. But, like, yeah. when you're dealing with the males of the world, you know, might be rough days at the office. But I know Wallace is probably really itching to take care of this game in Orangeboro because I don't think – Going back to the Bowling Green days, I don't think he ever lost at Rash Stadium. No, no, that's one of the things we've always joked about is is 
his quote unquote love for uh, for Rash Stadium, and uh, uh, he could probably write a book about some of the things uh, that have happened to him there. But yeah, it's going to be interesting. You know, you think about Saint X, Jack Savory is their senior quarterback, who's not really a returning starter, but in a sense he is. He started a game every year since he was a freshman. He started the regional final uh, his freshman year against Mayo uh, because of injuries, and then he's. You know, started on and off the last two years. He's battled injuries. Um, so it'll be interesting to see what kind of season he can have if he stays healthy because he does bring a, a dimension to that offense, uh, being able to run the ball. Um, you know, he, and he's got some guys out there at receiver, Makai Smith, uh, uh, Michael Duddy, who had that um, <laughs> that Hail Mary uh, catch against Emmanuel last year yep. in the playoffs. Uh, Jackson Camposano. So, you know, they've got some weapons in the passing game. I think they're uh, trying to still figure out some things uh, in the running game. Uh, you know, who's going to be the bulk? Who's going to carry? And I think they only have one starter back on their line. So uh, that may be a, a rare instance over at St. X where the passing game is a little ahead of the of the running game to start the season. But, you know, their, their main thing is their defense. You know, they they started six or seven sophomores last year on defense and most of them are really good. Yeah. Uh, Micah Carter, the defensive end, um, you know, six, five, um, outstanding athlete there. Um, you know, Teddy Myers is, is started as a freshman. Uh, he's back. They've got a lot of weapons, and but the concern for for Kevin for Wallace going into this game is they got two new guys at corner, and they're going against perhaps the best quarterback in the state, yeah. Gavin Wimsett. So yeah, uh, it'll be interesting to see how they hold their uh, you know if they're able to hold their own. As he said, he's just like we've got two new cornerbacks who are going to be out on islands against some of the best athletes in the state so uh yep. that'll be interesting to see how they how that defense uh holds up against gavin Wimson's arm on, on friday yeah it'll be fun and i don't think wallace would do this but he might want to call the coaches at bowling green <laughs> like how did y'all game plan in yeah. that state championship right. it did That's work right. so yeah. I, I don't think he would want to do that but i'm sure he's watched that film a few times oh yeah <laughs> there's no question about that so very very quickly too let's run through just a couple of more games and we can just kind of wrap it up in a nutshell so you got beachwood with fairdale that would be something Cool yeah. Because, like, I think with Fairdale, I know they probably feel like they're a little disrespected in terms of, like, hey, you know, there's not enough coverage here. But I think for us, too, you also, you have to look at the schedule. Yep. It's like, who are you playing? Are right. you going to play a team? Like, oh, okay. Is this a worth a game worth going to? This game against Beachwood, it's worth going to because everyone knows how good Beachwood is. And guess what? The Courier-Journal will be there. (laughs) That is a game I'm not sure what to expect either. But, I mean, Fairdale, they're going to get their money's worth, and they're going to make a statement early on. And it's a great way to do that against a Beachwood team that, of course, has been just one of the dominant teams in the state. Yeah, you know, Fairdale... To be fair, they 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 have beefed up that schedule this year. Their first yeah. three games, they have Beachwood, South Odom, and Eastern. So yeah. uh, you know they, they've got some good tests early on. Um, probably one of the the worst stories of last year was them being seven and zero, getting to the third round of the playoffs. They're getting ready to to face Owensboro and ha- you know having to essentially end their season when they got a positive COVID test. So it, that was bad for everybody when it happened last year. But when you're in the third round of the playoffs. <laughs> and you're undefeated, and then you have to cancel your season. You know that's that's tough. So yeah. um, you know they, they have beefed up the schedule, and they're you know they start off with the defending Class Two A champion in Beachwood, and 
you know, Beachwood is not your typical Class 2A school. Beachwood is a is a 2A school with 80 or 90 players on yeah. the roster. So, um, you know, they have a ton of kids. They, and the rarest of all rare is they have a returning Mr. Football winner, which uh, has never happened because seniors only, only seniors can win that award. But uh, because of the fifth-year rule, uh, Cameron Herget uh, decided to come back. And uh, their quarterback, uh, he's back for – I think this is his fourth year going in as a starter, and um, he is committed to Eastern Kentucky. And uh, they they also have a uh, an offensive lineman who is committed to Western. I think his last name is Slusher. Mm-hmm. So it'll be a tough test for Fairdale, who is replacing their quarterback, replacing their uh, top running back for last year. So um, we'll, we'll see what they got. Let me just say, for future reference, we will be discussing should a Mr. Football candidate <laughs> still be allowed if they took the do-over year. Write that down, pencil it in. We will talk about it at some point. That's all I got to say. <laughs> There's just a couple other things I'm curious about with the sales. They got Central Harden. You're going to see interim coach Wes Rogers out there. And then, of course, Mel is going to be able to play Southern Indiana School again in Floyd Central. I don't want to spend too much time on Mel because <laughs> we're going to be talking a lot about Mel this year. But just know they're going to be really good. The sales, it's going to be interesting, too, just because of everything with Harold Davis, just so abruptly really going to Bellarmine. So I'm not sure how, you know, I guess the sales and trying to keep things together, I, we'll see. But it seems like Wes Rogers with the continuity, at least for one year, he'll kind of get them through yeah. uh, an interesting 2021. Yeah, I think this was sort of going to be a rebuilding year for DeSales anyway. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, they lost quite a bit of talent from last year. Um so yeah, it'll be interesting to see. You know, we got an interim quote, an interim coach, and Wes Rogers how they how those kids are gonna uh, rally around them. So um, you know, Central Harden's been a good team over the last few years. That'll be that'll be a tough pick for me on Friday night to when I when I think about it. But you know, DeSales always has you know some talent, so um, I'm sure they'll be all right. And then you mentioned Mayo. Um, <laughs> Who's beating them? Honestly, nobody. Nobody's beating. Keep them it simple. Year. I mean. <laughs> Um, the one maybe question mark on their schedule is is when they go to New Orleans to play John Curtis, who has won national championships before. Um, I, I have no idea what kind of talent they will have this mm-hmm. year. I, you know, you know, I, Mayo could go win that game forty nine to nothing and lose it forty nine to nothing. At this point, I have no clue what to think about. So that's a game, but I, I don't think there's anybody in Kentucky within. Two touchdowns of Mayo right now, and you know, yeah. I know you see we don't want to talk about them too much because we will, for sure. But uh, it would have been nice to see them. Maybe I know they've played Floyd Central to open the season pretty much every year for the last eight or ten years. So <laughs> if we're gonna get on Fairdale about their schedule, I I have some qualms with Mayo's schedule as well. But uh, really, we'll, we'll, we'll get to that later. You sure? We can keep it going now <laughs> if you want. Now we'll say that for another podcast. All right, fair enough. I'm about to say we got time if you need it. <laughs> Jason, this is the time where at the end of every podcast we will get the controversy, I'm sure. We'll have people stop us at games and say, hey, we proved you wrong. We're going to give every school in this area bulletin board material because we are going to make picks and we're just going to go for it. And we're not going to do scores because that's just too much math and I'm not good at that. But we will just go ahead and pick who we think is going to win. So we're going to take five games and we're just going to have that. So I guess the five games – to watch where we will have some coverage of them we'll go with that so you ready let's go all right let's start with central manual again that's always a close game it's always a battle 
I'm going to start off first. I think Manuel will win this game. I know it's going to be tough. I know with, you know, Williams and all those guys for Central, and they're going to have a lot of continuity, a lot of guys back. But I think when you just – that 6A, 4A type build for me, and Manuel is going to be loaded as well. So I'm going to go with Manuel in this one. Yeah, I agree with you that. I'll, t- I'll take Manuel. I-, I look for Jawan Nordenton to to have a, you know, big debut game. Um, you know, Central's defense will be good, but uh, – I think Manuel will have a little bit of an edge there. All right, we got South Oldham Christian Academy. Um, back and forth just a little bit because, as we mentioned earlier, I'm just not sure what to expect from both teams. But in terms of who I know is going to be in a better spot for now and maybe a little bit more established, I'm going to go with South Oldham uh, because, again, I just I'm not really sure what Christian Academy has just yet. But I think eventually they'll be okay. But for now, I'm going to go with South Oldham. Yeah, I'll, I'll disagree with you, and, and, and I'm I'm going to take Cal. And to be quite honest with you, it's just based on the history of that series uh, when they met. You know, those three straight years, Cal won all three. Um, kind of, you know, on a, on a toss-up game like that, I kind of just look at the history and. Um, Given that, I'll take the Centurions in a close one. Yeah, one thing people can say on this show: we're not going to always agree on everything, so it's not just going to be. God, who wants that? <laughs> it's not just going to be a buddy buddy podcast <laughs> where <laughs> we're just living life like that. But all right, here's another one: Saint X Orangeboro, and the Tigers keep it rolling. And will Kevin Wallace remain undefeated at Rash Stadium? What do you think? Here's the thing: you got to remember about Saint X here. Now, yes, they're going on the road. Yes, they're going on the road to play a team that reached the six, the Class Five A final last year. But I don't have the number in front of me. I wish I did. When Saint X, Trinity, and Mayo face teams from outside of Louisville, they never lose. Yeah. I mean, let's just be honest. Yeah. Now, Bowling Green has beaten Saint X a couple of times here recently, mm-hmm. uh, so you know they've had that chance, but. I bet over the last five or six years, can you name another team that Saint X Trinity or Mayo has lost to yeah. from outside the city or yeah. from out that was from Kentucky? So, um, you know, you think maybe Saint X has, and you know, Owensboro could pull that one out, but uh, um, you know, I, I think Saint X finds a way to win that game. Wow. The only thing for me, like I know, like it's going to be a low-scoring game because I think Saint X's defense will be really good. Yeah, but. Who's going to score? That's the question. I just don't know just yet. So, you can say, sorry, Kevin Wallace, but I think he might. He's going to – he'll get his first (laughs) L at Rash Stadium. So, I I think Orangeboro will find a way to win it just because of some of that firepower they have on offense, including a Mr. Football candidate. I don't DeSales people mad at me. DeSales beat St. X a few years ago, too. I think that was uh, Wallace's debut. So, there is is precedent (laughs) there for St. X to lose a season opener on the road against – uh, a non six A school, so yeah, so that's true. But I say if Wallace listens to this and Saint X wins, I'm no, I'm getting a text message or a phone call at some point this weekend. What about Beachwood and Fairdale? Right now, for me, I mean, we we just talked about like when you're talking about like Paintsville and Beachwood and Mayfield, like these are small yeah. s- schools on paper, but like they're juggernauts. Right. Fairdale, no disrespect, I don't, I don't. I don't know. It's been a while since they played a team of this caliber, right. if you ask me. So, I, I just think Beachwood's going to take yeah. care of business. I, this isn't your typical two A school going to play a five A school, yeah. as far as numbers go. I, I'd venture to say Beachwood might have twice as many kids as Fairdale or, or close to it. So, um, yeah, I, I think Beachwood has you know a lot of weapons back there with Hergett in that offense, and um, you know maybe if Fairdale had the same team they had back from last year, and I'm not saying they're not going to be good again, but. Mm-hmm. Um, they've got some question marks, I think, and 
that that's a tough opener for them. I'll, I'll take Beachwood. Yeah, absolutely. Finally, Trinity, Carmel, Jacobs debut as head coach. It's going to be all eyes. All eyes will be on this Trinity team with Jacob, especially for week one. Who's winning this game? I, I'll be honest with you. I don't know anything about Carmel. I haven't gotten around to researching them other than their quarterbacks going to Colgate. Yeah. But given their history and how good they they usually are coming in to face a Trinity team that, uh, let's be honest, we, we don't know anything about this Trinity team other than Armand Tucker is a really good running back. Um, Brady Willis Brady is good Willis at baseball. Is good at baseball. He's <laughs> going to play baseball at Bellarmine. And aside from that, you know, we just don't know nothing about this team. So, uh, excuse me, we don't know anything about this team. So, uh, it, it, it's hard for me to pick Trinity in this game, given what we know about them. It's very hard, especially even if it was like they just returned like four offensive linemen or something. Right. It'd be something to work with. But yep. there's no O line, there's no D line, no receivers, tight ends, you name it. It's just it's like impossible for me to comfortably pick them yeah. in this game. Even though, yeah, I admit I don't know anything about Carmel. I just know they've been really good in the past. But right. I imagine they have more than one starter back from last yes. year's team. Yes. So I agree with you. I'm going to go with Carmel in that one. But, I mean, if Trinity wins, I wouldn't be shocked no. because they're going to still Trinity. But it's going to be interesting Friday night. So I, too, look forward to seeing that game. So this was fun. Yeah. Week yeah. one, episode one of the podcast. And we're just getting started. We're going to have a lot going on, and we're going to talk about a lot more fun things. So maybe people will ask about Shawnee with a losing streak in this year, and the list goes on and on. Any other surprises? We're going to keep talking about it. So I think other than that, Jason, I appreciate it. Yeah. I hope you all enjoyed it. Hope you all come back. If you got any suggestions on you know what you want to hear, any ideas, any top five anythings, uh, let us know. We'll, we'll, we'll cover it. Yeah, we'll definitely. So any storylines, any guests you think we should have or anything, please reach out to us. Follow us on social media. You have at Kentucky Highs, at Real D Yates. We're going to have all kinds of things and stories up on the website and plenty of coverage from the Courier Journal. But with that, we thank you all for listening to week one of the Prep Rally podcast. And you can follow along and stream this on all social media platforms. And we thank you. We appreciate you. And we'll see you next week.